Hello, hello, reading ones. We're doing chapter 15, uh, Abraham Covenant, and we're going to be talking a lot about uh, what God's promises are to Abraham and all his descendants. They're going to be as big as the stars in the sky and dust in the ground like last time. And I know I was a little bit out of it last podcast, but I caught up. So we're going to be doing a lot more deep diving. Hi, Mark. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. I know your cat's been playing games with you today. So I'm herding cats today. Yeah. Kind of like Noah trying to get the animals into the ark (laughs) before the end of the world. (laughs) I'm waiting for that last dramatic entrance. I'm hoping. Is this the peanut, the cat? This is Lulu. Lulu. The big gray oh, one. Yeah. Favorite one. He's first. pretty he's pretty clever. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Well, he's, I know. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll just pray that he comes back soon. It's hard to uh, you can't really control cats. No. But open up a can, yeah. maybe they'll smell it and just come right you back. You can manipulate. Yeah, you can uh you can manipulate them through food. Kind of like uh men, you can do the same thing, right? Oh I'm, yeah. I'm easily, I'm easily manipulated. <laughs> put in some food animals up, you know? animals and men can be manipulated yeah. by th- through food abraham covenant it's not yeah. actually a long chapter so we might be able to get through it but you're gonna well, make it's not long but we'll make it long <laughs> of course <laughs> the last one was two hours i'm sure we could fill that all right uh verse chapter 15 verse one after this the word of the lord came to abram in a vision saying do not fear Abraham, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Abraham says, since you have not given me any children, my heir is the servant born in my house. He's talking about- I guess about- that was a, uh, yeah, that was kind of a uh, custom. Like if you didn't have children, you had to have some kind of heir and it would be yeah. someone in your uh you know, one of your entourage old servants or something. They des- designate somebody to be your heir. From the house of Eleazar of Damascus. Yeah. And, and if, if you think about it, like, again, that we have the barren woman, right? Which yeah. uh, which kind of symbolizes the uncreated world, the uh, the light, the the abyss, even the uh, the world before the creation. So we here we have God creating it's kind of a new Adam situation, right? Uh, with you had Adam and Noah, and now here's Abraham. He's kind of starting over again with this uh, guy he plucked out of uh, Babylon, more or less. So this um, is the third covenant now that we went through. It will be, yeah it, yeah, it is, yeah, the third one. Yeah, there's there's kind of one in, inherent with creation, yeah, and um, then there's one with Noah, and then you were going to see this covenant is uh, it's it's kind of similar. It kind of builds. I think I think what happens with the covenants they keep building, right, on each other, and they're kind of all related. And um, there's there's the co- there's many books about this, and there's a whole theology called covenant theology, and there's different types of it and stuff. But I think covenants are a really important concept, and they they really help me understand the. Uh, you know, the kind of put the Bible all together with all these different covenants. There's like six main covenants, and then they're all kind of related. And of course, the new covenant is the. I guess so, what you do you think the of the idea one. of the vision? There, he's talking to God in a vision. So, I was under the impression that God was mm-hmm. always just talking to him directly up until this. Well, we're going to see another one too. Yeah, he. Um, a lot of times, like with the prophets and all these guys, there it's dreams and visions, and. Um, 
you know, sometimes they tell us exactly how it comes about and other times they don't. Yeah. So um, in a vision, yeah, yeah, in a vision. And again, we don't know if he was sleeping or awake. Maybe this one he was awake. There's another one in this chapter where he's, uh, I think he's sleeping. And um, yeah, I mean, that's just how God talks to people, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, a vision, if, I don't know if you've ever had, uh, you know, in a directing, I don't know how you'd say it. What do you, how do you call it? Like a, like God, have you, like, <clears throat> when God speaks to you in a vision, um, I've never been spoken it's, to. Uh, yeah, one. I mean it. One, one, and I don't even think that was God. Oh, um, well, you'll know it if it is for sure. There's no mistaking. Yeah. Well, the impact so had, had on me wasn't positive, so I don't think that was from. It may have been yeah. someone else. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, but I've never God, heard anything like you know. A lot of people say. God uh, spoke to me or the something, you know, it comes from God or whatever. I've never experienced that. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Oh, and how um, does that happen? Although it's not, it wasn't so much like words and stuff. Well, I can't talk about it too much. It's uh, kind of a sacred yeah. thing almost, but it's, yeah. and it's hard to describe. It's impossible. Paul talks about it in one of his letters uh, where he even, he says, it's like, it sounds like he's even struggling to describe it. Um, I think it was a similar kind of thing where it was basically God revealed his presence. Like, like that's how I knew God was real. Basically before well, that, I didn't, I didn't know that was in the year 2000. Yeah. Like I, I like I wanted to believe, but I wasn't sure. And then it was just like, I mean, it's almost like getting hit in the head with a hammer or something. It's just like, whoa. It's like the most amazing yeah. experience uh, ever. It's like, no, like like if God reveals himself to you, it's the most amazing experience in your life. That's how you know it's from God. Well, I have experienced yeah. God for a very long time, but we don't talk like, you know, like. Yeah, there's kind of like, but you don't always get these uh, mountaintop experiences, you know. Yeah. We're not really supposed to, you know. I'd like to I'd like for that to happen again, but it hasn't <laughs> happened again. <laughs> but we have the Holy yeah, Spirit, well. which sometimes is kind of a it's kind of a low hum in the background sometimes, you know. But uh So the way it works for me is like the fact that we're even doing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Part. Yeah, we have our daily kind of we can't you can't be having this you know, God, Abraham even was not always in a vision, you know. Yeah. You wouldn't get any work done. Uh <laughs> you can't always be in a vision. Nobody's always in a vision all the time and always in a state of uh transcendent euphoria, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But yeah, I've had that kind of experience. Um, maybe not like the one from Abraham here, more like Paul's um pretty intense, pretty confusing. In fact, it's it's hard and you can't really talk about it with people and nobody understands it. And people yeah. actually get upset. If you try to talk to people about it, they actually get kind of angry and upset about it. I don't know why. I guess it's, oh, I kind of do know why now, but because uh, people hate God, you know. But uh. <laughs> Well, it's your personal <laughs> experience. I mean, I mean, I think God comes yeah. to everybody in one way or another, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's many different ways. And then maybe God works, you know, kind of, you know, we have a relationship with God. So it's uh, it's not always going to be a certain one type of experience every single time. Nope, yeah. I'm still waiting for mine. But I I trust God because I see him working in my life. That's well maybe you don't need one, you know. Like I kind of needed that to be honest. Like I because I was I didn't I wasn't sure if God was even real or not before yeah. that. I had no I wasn't really, you know, and and, and but back then I this is like in the year two thousand, I, I wasn't even reading the Bible. So I didn't really I knew it was God, but 
I didn't really know what to do next. Like what yeah. now? You know, it, like changed everything. Yeah. It was like it was wild. And even other people noticed a difference and it lasted about six months, the effect of that. And so it's kind of like, like uh, Paul's experience where he was stopped in his tracks. It kind of was, yeah. 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 And then people get upset. Like you're you know, so I don't like to talk about it too much. Uh, you know. Well, I'm glad it's you, just something that you know. happened. It, it was an yeah. important event in my life, and that's all it is. And some people I think maybe don't don't need that kind of experience. Uh Paul certainly needed that, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was well, hunting he, down Christians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he kind of needed it for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I think, you know, maybe it just I think God speaks to people in different ways. And I maybe I just haven't recognized how he talks to me because I'm always looking for these kind of audible things or something, you know, like I want the intelligent conversation like Abraham has. But you want I the email. You yeah, want the daily yeah. email, you know. Yeah, With text, email, you know, use modern <laughs> stuff. Then we're talking. Okay. Yeah. Verse four. Yeah, so. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir, but a son that is from your own body will be your heir. He brought him outside and said, look up towards heaven and count the stars. And if you're able to count them, he said to him, you, you so will your descendants be. See, now this is the second time he made that promise. The first time, uh, remember from the last chapter, it was the dust of the ground. And now it's the yeah. stars. And I think there's another promise somewhere else that's similar to this that says sands of the sea. So why do you think he's referencing him like that and kind of repeats the same theme? Well, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of a figure of speech. It's something Abraham could understand. Yeah. But why didn't he understand it before? Is it like the second time he has it? Well, there's a lot of repetition. Oh, well, the thing is, I mean, it's a, um, see, so yeah, he's so he, he, God makes promises. There's like promises, and then there's um, there's like oaths, and then there's covenants, and they're they're all kind of related. And yeah. um, but you think about it, he has a barren wife, right? So it's just like how he's making this promise that seems impossible to the human mind. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and think about uh, chapter fourteen. There was this huge war, right? Yeah. So in a, in a way, it's, I find it. I don't think it's a coincidence. And they met uh, Melchizedek, so we had this kind of. Uh, high priest of God. And then there was this, so Abraham's a warrior. Yeah. And he, he's kind of almost like a king at this point. I don't think he's not officially a king. That's not his title necessarily, but he's kind of acting like a, like a, some kind of leader or even yeah. a warlord at this point. Well, he and, defeated uh, the kings of, was it Keldemer or something? The yeah. Like, like the five and yeah. four kings versus five and uh, actually helped Sodom. But he refused, uh, you know, to be rewarded by the king of Sodom, and, and instead was uh, allied himself with uh, Melchizedek, the, the king of Salem, the king of Jerusalem, yeah. basically. So he had to have been very powerful, not only to defeat he was, yeah, multiple kings yeah. and their armies, and then have yeah. authority to kind of say, okay, here's your possessions back. So I think well, he so probably proved himself yeah. to be even greater than the seven or whatever nine kings that were together yeah yeah so he's um he's not just some kind of some sheep herder you know he's a yeah. pretty intense guy and um and so now god makes these uh outrageous promises to him a guy who doesn't have any children at all right your mm -hmm. offspring will be like the like the stars in heaven it's like what are you talking about 
<laughs> You're crazy, you know. Yeah, so, uh, you know, later on, he, he kind of messed up there a little bit. He's, uh, yeah. The next yeah. verse says, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited him as righteousness. Yeah. So that, that one verse here, we have to stop a little bit and talk about yeah. this. So, yeah, that's the thing is though he, so, so God makes this, you know, crazy statement and, and, uh, you know, some people may have responded like, that's crazy. I, I don't believe that that's not going to mm -hmm. happen. You know, they, they could have responded without faith, I guess, but, uh, yeah. so yeah, so he believed the Lord and he, and God credited or counted it to him as righteousness. So, so we have to talk about now this, like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be counted a, as righteous? or a righteousness well i always like this verse a lot because it seems like you know if you had if you believe god then uh you know whatever you like he doesn't have to go through saying that i believe in faith and get baptized and all that up to this point so he was like uh you know because god talks about the kingdom all the righteous will inherit the kingdom of god right so for the fact that he was credited as righteousness just because he believed God and what he says, rather than following his thoughts or the world thoughts. So I always like this verse, but what's your take on it? Well, I mean, I guess, uh, let's see here. Should we go to, um, there, there's actually many, I mean, you could do a whole show on this one verse, to be honest. This is maybe one of the, I don't want to say it's the most, but one of the most, um, important verses in the bible maybe um and paul uses this to defend his uh view i have a i you know let's go to uh, isaiah 51 i'll throw you a, a curveball <laughs> i like the curveballs yes you do but actually by the way this week i've been studying this topic in uh in my new testament theology class that i'm taking mm. um so but it's all it's like they make it like way more complex i think than it needs to be so my brain is a little scrambled <laughs> so i want to try to just keep it real simple and you know not get not to talk about it too much with but isaiah 51 so we look at this we have the word righteousness again right listen yeah. to me you who pursue righteousness you who seek the Lord. Yeah. And um, let's see. Okay. Verse two, verse two, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you, for I called him alone and blessed him and multiplied him, for the Lord shall comfort Zion. Okay. Let's see. Places. And then go down to, I have a few highlights in my Bible here. Uh, verse five, my righteousness. So that's God talking, I believe. Uh, my righteousness draws near my. I'm reading my Bible. My righteousness draws near. My salvation has gone forth. So salvation, you know what that in Hebrew, what that is? No. It's actually, in the, well, this particular word right here is, uh, well, it's, it's Yesha. It's actually Yesha, which is uh, related to the word Yeshua, which is yeah. uh, the name of Jesus in Hebrew. So you see this. So in the Hebrew, it basically is saying my my Yesha or my Yeshua has gone out, my my salvation. So there's this yeah. connection with my righteousness, God's righteous, the righteousness of God, which Paul uses a lot, that phrase, the righteousness of the righteousness of God and salvation has gone out. It sounds like to the people, right? My arms will judge the people. So you got judgment as well. And then let's go down to uh Let's see, the second the end of verse six. But my salvation, my Yesha, 
or this one is actually um yeshua this one is yeshua but my yeshua my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will never be dismayed um listen to verse seven listen to me you who know righteousness the people in whose heart is my law so there you have the heart right in the new covenant the the uh the law will be written on our hearts it's kind of a you know and this is isaiah isaiah is full of so many uh, messianic prophecies yeah and this seems to be in and, and also the new covenant prophecy it's looking ahead you know the the prophets are always looking ahead to the uh fulfillment of the law or the initiation of the uh, new covenant through uh, jesus and that's a lot of what this is talking about I, isaiah in particular is is full of them all over the place from verse seven okay the people in whose heart is my law I'll read yours. Do not fear the reproach of men, nor be afraid of their revilings. That's a good one for us today, right? There's a lot of reproach of men going on these days. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. Like they're going to be destroyed. They're going to die. But mm -hmm. my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. They're very similar to what uh, is what they're talking about with uh, Abraham. Right, yeah. uh, generation to generation, um, and then and then, ironically enough, verse nine: uh, Awake, put on strength, arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the ancient days and the generations of old. Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces and wounded the dragon? All right, so that's talking about these. Well, that's and then and then verse ten: Was it not you who dried up the sea, who the waters of the abyss? That's the abyss, actually, in Greek. It says the word abyss. And who made the depths of the sea a pathway for the ransomed to pass over? So the ransomed, you have the salvation uh, theme again. And then so it's like uh, God conquers the abyss, right? By creating the world and uh, and also through uh, like like the uh, crossing the Red Sea, conquered the waters of chaos or to save the people from slavery in Egypt. And then you have Rahab and, and the dragon. These are like, the, they call them sea monsters, but these are uh, basically the dragon is Satan, right? Yeah. And, uh, now it says pierced. It doesn't say killed, right? Pierced. The, and then that brings us back to Genesis 3.15. The seed of the woman will uh, crush the head of the serpent. And who's yeah. the seed of the woman? It's Abraham's seed. It's really uh, Jesus. Yeah, this whole uh, <laughs> uh, chapter is really talking about Jesus. All you have to do yeah. is substitute the words for Jesus and then well even in Hebrew it's a lot more obvious because it's yeah. uh, the word is Yeshua basically yeah so if you read like my Jesus is near my yeah. Jesus has gone forth and my arms shall judge the people so even Jesus mm. is are his arms you know? yeah exactly yeah that's that that's used a lot in the Old Testament my arm you could, right. you could substitute that with Jesus right so mm. my Jesus shall judge the peoples yeah, but they reference Abraham in this verse as well, so it's kind of relevant to what we're talking about here. And righteousness, right? Righteousness. And um, even my righteousness shall not be bought. So that's still Jesus. My Jesus shall well, not I don't, be Well, you think that's is, is Jesus. But Abraham was counted right, as righteousness. Like Abraham, the faith of Abraham was counted as righteousness. Right. So he's in the same spirit as God. Mm. To be righteous... Uh, that's essentially what you're saying is that you are in agreement with the yeah. characteristics of God versus the rest of yeah. the world. 
Yeah, yeah, you're counted. You're you're uh, counted as uh, right. You're right with God. Right. And and, and the, the the opposite of that is they call it the wicked or the unrighteous. Right. They're yeah, they're not in. Right. I think it's really you're you're in covenant with God. You're in God's kingdom. You're part of God's family. You're a child of God. And right. if you're wicked or unright, and it doesn't necessarily mean you are you you are righteous like you're a great person or anything like that necessarily. No, it's just that right? you agreed to listen to God. So yeah, that yeah, anywhere yeah, yeah. around the world, uh, despite where they're up, up brought up, if they just listen to God, because I'm sure God comes to all people and at least even the wicked, I think. But whoever comes to God and and believes God, then they're deemed righteous. At least from yeah, Abraham. I, He's not yeah, saying I'm a Christian, right? He's not saying that. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, I, I used to think like righteous. Oh, it means people are like they're like their conduct is almost perfect or perfect or something. No, you know, they're yeah. they're like really good people. And and then I'm not right, so I can't mm -hmm. be like that. I used to like I used to just watch people go to church and stuff. I'd be like, oh man, I I wish I could go, but I can't. I'm. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm too, too evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we're they all. They wouldn't accept me, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's what's so great about all these Bible stories. It shows that nobody is perfect on their own without God. It is this, the righteousness of God and the strength of God that makes people uh, come into his kingdom. Yeah, and Abraham was, you know, he was just some, he's, you know, and, and he's not an Israelite, right? Yeah. He, Jacob didn't. He's the grandfather of Jacob, who whose name was changed to Israel. So he was just some guy in uh, Mesopotamia or whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, ancient Babylon, yeah. run Iraq, somewhere. He's, you know, he's just well, some guy who grew up in a pagan was, home. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, this was before where they started establishing all the future covenants and stuff, and the Israelites, and then all the way up to even to the New Testament. And the church age and all that stuff. We have this guy that's just wealthy and has a lot of land, and he just talks to God and believes him. Like that's what I. Yeah, think. yeah, mm -hmm. kind of like Noah. He's kind of like Noah, yeah. I think. Even and Noah, he was also right? called righteous, right? Yeah. So it's just believing, and God makes His promises to us, and some people believe them. Even now, like some of us believe that God will keep His promises in the future. For mm -hmm. us, he has these amazing promises for us today. Now, right the uh, the 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 new heavens and the new earth, and even a glorified body. All this eternal life. There's all these, uh, you know, we we'll we'll have eternal life. I mean, that's a pretty big promise that some people believe, some people doubt in this world. You know, but that's one of the best promises. If you believe that, then <laughs> yeah. you are creditor to be in his kingdom. Yeah, yeah, but some people don't believe. Like most people I know, don't believe that. Well, the unbelievers, yeah, they they follow what they think they want to follow. But even among the believers, I think that's one of the greatest promise as to why anybody should be believing, right? So the fact that mm. if you're already in the covenant, I think that's one of the best promises ever. So if if they do believe God, then that's I think that's how we enter the kingdom. If they don't, then I don't know how they would, because that's one of the basic yeah. And think about it, from God's point of view, He's like making these promises to to help us, basically to save us. Yeah. And if if you don't believe them, then that you know, like just like with us, right? If you promise something to somebody and they don't believe you, you it kind of hurts your feelings, or it's kind of yeah, uh, you let down. 
But this would be really, if this is not true, like all his promises don't come to pass, I think that would be much more evil than the evil that we think we know, you know, because so many people are faithful and they believe God and, and the fact that they're hoping and waiting for this promise to get fulfilled. And imagine if that never happened, you know, what would happen to all the billions of believers that really followed? So I think you really do have to have faith that this is real. God is real. And everything that he says is real. Like, you know, how Abraham, he thinks God is real in order for him to even follow him and believe in him, right? Even though that was through his vision. And his faith is not just believing God exists. Right. right? It's like, it's like, it's not, because a lot of people, well, they'll say like, oh yeah, I, I believe there is a God, but that's about all I know, right? Well, that's yeah. not really, you know, it's, faith is believing God's promises, then you kind of enter into that relationship where God will God is promising something for me personally. Right. You know, and for humanity, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, it's not just believing he exists. The, the demons believe he exists. I think you have to follow God, obey mm. whatever he's telling you. And I'm not yeah. only that, but yeah. that's part of it. You know, like you can pick any example today, like even the stuff that you make videos about. They, it's It's clearly told in the Bible what it is, right and wrong, right? There's no mistake in... And, oh, I did watch your latest video about the church, too. That's shocking. And that's the kind of stuff that you see now (laughs) where they're totally changing what it even means to be a Christian or go into these holy of holy places. And then. Yeah. They did that before. They did that in the Old Testament. Writes a lot about that. Yeah. So as a Christian, I think you do have to honor the word of God and believe what he says is true. It's not like twisted, like, oh, it may be okay. Maybe he loves all people. I think he does yeah. love people, but he also has rules for people, you know, that. Well, people reject it. People reject yeah. that love, you know, and God is just, right? He's He has perfect justice. So he does have to, he does have to punish sin somehow, you know what I mean? That's also part of the responsibility that we have. If they were actually following the word, then we have to kind of obey what he says too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, can we go to uh, Romans four now? Just go to the beginning of Romans four. And if you're familiar with this, so chapters one to three, Paul is saying um, basically like everyone's a sinner, basically both uh, Gentile, Gentiles are just the non-Jews and the (laughs) Jews. They're all, they're all sinners. And, um, and he's kind of really, you know, trying to say like well what's happening now is that gentiles have this um, you know this access to god now that, that that they didn't really have before and talking about the law and all that like all that kind of stuff so uh, and and actually in chapter 1 he does say he calls it the obedience of faith so there is this connection between faith and obedience but this this uh Romans 4 was where the reformers really locked in and kind of got that whole, uh, you know, righteousness, we're, we're justified by faith alone, right? right? And I think what happened is there was kind of this negative view of works, where like works are bad, but right. they're not bad. They're, they're kind of a natural result of having faith. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So there's a bit of a misunderstanding, I think, of this faith versus works. It's not really faith versus works. Uh, in terms of justification or be, being declared righteous, yeah, it's, it's only faith. But then after that, we kind of live out our faith. The type of works that, you know, the Bible talks about is much different than how 
others have taken it. Like I yeah. uh, knew a Catholic person and he would always talk about like doing good deeds. To kind ah, of merit. That. Merit. <laughs> so they still do that. They yeah. still do that now. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if he's, if he's trying to go out of his way to make and he, I, it's, you know how some people do, like if they say something, Oh, touch wood kind of thing. It's mm. on, a, it's on the same level as like, I have to go find some good deeds to kind of fulfill my quota, but that's not what yeah. the Bible is really talking about in terms of yeah, work. exactly yeah, and that's that's a lot like what Martin Luther and these guys were kind of uh, protesting against that, especially yeah. And then 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 I think what they did is they kind of thought the Jews were doing the same thing that the Catholics were doing, but it's yeah. a little bit different, I think. Um, you know, although kind of similar in a way, but it's it's different. The Jews were kind of uh, yeah, they're trying to make merit through their ceremonial laws and all that kind of stuff right um, they they, but they were sinners yeah. they yeah they were ultimately they were not any different than the pagans that's what uh that's what paul's saying let's can we read uh, this one here romans yeah. romans 4 i can read this if you want yeah. so here we have the example of abraham right now galatians 3 also talks about abraham but i think it's pretty similar what he says so we could probably just use this one here so romans 4 what then shall we say that Abraham, our father, according to the flesh, has found, if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So that's the verse we just read yeah. right there, 15.6. Now to him who works, wages are not given as a gift, but as a debt. But to him who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. See, it's like credited in our account. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we have a bank account. It's empty. It's full of sin. And then mm -hmm. we wake up one morning and then there's righteousness in our account. Right. You know what I mean? Because of our, uh, it's faith. But, but you know, now Jews, I was reading about this. A lot of Jews think that, because they, you know, they'll read the Old Testament too, right? And they will see the faith of Abraham as a work itself. Like he earned, he earned his righteousness through his faith. But really, it's that's not really what Paul's talking about here. That's not the Christian view at all. Yeah, they, they're saying faith is a work. Exactly. The Jew, that's what the Jews will say about this. So they, they always want to earn their salvation. You know. Well, Abraham had a relationship with God. It wasn't just like a one-time event. He yeah. Yeah. Talking to him on and off. You know. Yeah. He had to follow him. So if God said, "Go out and do this." I, th I think even in the earlier chapters, uh, didn't he say to go make certain sacrifices? Or maybe that's later on. But he did, like, yeah. whatever the stuff that God told him, he always followed through, just like Noah did. He built that ark for hundreds of years. And then... Yeah, for, uh, through finally, faith is really faith. Yeah. So why would you spend that kind of amount of time if you didn't believe God that flood was coming to wipe out the whole world? It just wouldn't... It would be amazing. I think these guys must have had some really good understanding and connection with God that we maybe don't understand today. Let's go to verse 7. <clears throat> so this is this is a, uh, so Paul's quoting Psalm 32. Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute. Ah, interesting, impute. That That's another impute sin. So that's another theological term nowadays, like uh, imputation. See, this, this is full of all these theological words that are kind of a little hard to understand at first. It's like uh, there, you got righteousness, you got justification, you got 
salvation, you got faith, and now here we got impute. It means to kind of, uh, it's kind of like being credited with. It's, it's a similar concept. But, you know, they're, they're all debated. That's that's why my head, is, I'm a little fuzzy this week as I've been, you know, like for every opinion about these words or every theological view of these these theological terms, there's like a million different, uh, or there's a few different main yeah, so uh, ideas, and they're, they all kind of uh, contradict each other, you know. So, so in the definition, it does say to credit. credit. Yeah, to credit yeah. exactly. To to credit as righteousness kind of means to impute. Shall not yeah, charge to, sin. Shall not credit sin. My 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 uh, the English the ESV says count. The Lord yeah. will not count his sin. Um. So it's a similar uh, concept. Uh, so that so that so he quotes Psalm thirty two to get, to make his claim to back up his argument here. Yeah. And uh, in verse nine, the uh. Okay, so this is important. Does the blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? Because Abraham was not yet circumcised, right? And the circumcision, well, we're going to we're going to he's going to explain it. We are saying that faith was credited credited or imputed to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited? Was he in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in yeah. So he was not circumcised yet, right? right? So it was not yeah. So and that happens in chapter seventeen, I believe. No, later yeah, on yeah. than that. Yeah. But uh, okay, and he received the sign. Oh, the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith that he had while being uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised. That righteousness maybe might be credited to them also, father of circumcision to those who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while still being uncircumcised. It's Paul is not easy to understand. <laughs> yeah. It's like a really long sentence, uh, but uh, I think we kind of get the gist of it though, right? Um, yeah, and it's also amazing that because um, he said his descendants will get the same credit through Abraham because he's the righteous. Yeah. So the Gentiles. Yeah. Paul, Abraham was a Gentile, really. But look at if you look at what we just read in terms of his promise, because why would he promise all these descendants as much as the stars in the sky unless they were deemed and credited the same as Abraham? And the, yeah, these allow are, wickedness yeah. to come in and flourish as much as stars in the sky. So I think he's saying more, actually. I think he's mm. saying that through his bloodline, through his creditness of being deemed righteous, all his descendants are going to be the ones that are going to, which are still yet to inherit the kingdom of God because nobody can number. But then it's also, we know from the last story, that it's not about your genetics, but your spiritual faith. And yeah, so that means anyone... All of us really are kind of part of uh, Abraham's covenant too, right? Yeah, and that's what Paul's saying, basically. Um, so eleven, okay. Um, oh, let's let's finish. Uh, did we do first twelve? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. I think that's maybe. Um, oh, okay. We should read thirteen as well. Um, in fact, the next next few verses here. It was not through the law that Abraham and his descendants received the promise that he would be the heir of the world, but through the righteousness of faith. 
Yeah, because the the law was still what five hundred years away or something like that, yeah. right? So that's right. this is be, so that's the thing is the Jews at at the time they they thought they were the chosen race, and they had the truth through the Mosaic covenant and the law, and they thought they were following the law. They really weren't. Right. They were they were just as uh, unrighteous as the Gentiles at the time or the uh, the pagan nations. They wouldn't have even needed the law at all if they just had the same righteousness of faith. Like yeah, yeah, they didn't have faith. Um, yeah, they had their religion. Their religious. Uh, they had an outward appearance of righteousness, maybe kind of a fake, uh, false righteousness. You know which. You see a lot in in churches these days, yeah. <laughs> right? With Christian, it's it's always kind of a danger that for all of us that we fall into that kind of uh, counterfeit, uh, a phony type of faith. You know what I mean? Um, we can you know we can learn how to say all the right things and have the uh, an appearance of righteousness and yeah. uh, still be. Uh, well, it's uh, almost like a culture of how to behave rather than just listening to God. Oh yeah. For, for if those who are of the law become heirs, faith would be made void and the promise nullified. Ah, that's a good point right there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, if it, like, yeah, the whole promise there, that was for all of humanity, right? And it was before the law. So that's the main promise that Paul is pointing back to. And if it was by the law, the law didn't, ex- you know, I mean, there, God always has a law or a, a, a way of life for us, you know what I mean? But uh, the Mosaic Covenant itself was a uh, between Abraham and, and Jesus, right? It was kind of a, a temporary stage of that particular covenant was temporary, not permanent, although God has eternal laws that are permanent. Yeah, but here it says the law produces wrath for where there's no law. There's no sin. So yeah, I mean, wrath is like important. righteous judgment, right? Yeah. I think, well, I think that, you know. it's also saying the fact that there is a law against something, then that means there's sin. Yeah. You know, like you don't. Yeah, the law. the law reveals sin. Right. You know, and 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 the and that was, you know, that was that's what happened. That the Israelites did not, generally speaking, the Israelites did not uh, fulfill their side of the covenant. Covenant is is like a marriage between two people, two partners, two sides of the covenant. There's God and man. Man has never fulfilled their side of the covenant, ever. Nope. Only Jesus did. Only Jesus fulfilled his the yeah. the human side of the covenant. That's why he's our savior. You know. Right. Uh, Abraham failed. Uh, Noah's covenant wasn't was kind of different a little bit. That was more of a promise that God made to him. And then uh, Abraham a covenant. Well, we're going to come to this uh, covenant soon. So. Uh, uh, I think 16 might be the last one we can read here. Uh, Therefore, the promise comes through faith. The promise of God to basically create his kingdom, to establish his kingdom, comes through faith. Um, so that it might be by grace. There's great, there's there's more theological terms again, right? Grace. Yeah. That the promise would be certain to all the descendants. Not only those who are of the law, the Jews or the Israelites, the ethnic Israelites, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, which is not only limited to the Jews, right? Yeah. If we have the faith of Abraham, we can uh, the promises. Uh, you know, we can we can be declared righteous um, th- through Jesus is the seed, the promised seed of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. 
not just the Jews, right? Does it say mm-hmm. Abraham was the father of the Jews? No. <laughs> Before God, whom he believed and who raises the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. So, yeah. So, um, and even, even Jesus said, uh, uh, somewhere I, I made a video i haven't finished it yet but it he says he says to the jews he says you guys think you're the chosen race but you don't know god at all you don't even know god no well, they <laughs> it's like, yeah, no god. wonder they killed him you know <laughs> he was he was pretty harsh on the jews actually Je- yeah. jesus was was harsh. he really uh i think uh originally if they had fulfilled a righteousness they would have been blessing to all nations. I think he chose them to kind of be the world's priests in a way. But yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they failed though. They failed. Yeah, and they, I mean, they, they, it kind of kept it alive enough. <gasps> but but ultimately, they they really failed actually. Yeah, and they went the other way. So it's no longer even about how much they failed. It's who they actually worship now. So. Well, yeah, nowadays, yeah. So it, I mean, this it's really interesting stuff here. And then Galatians three is pretty similar. I don't know if you, it's up to you if you want to look at that or not. But, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Galatians. that your studies were more oh. uh, difficult. What's the difference on? Oh uh, well, <laughs> I still have to write some stuff about that. I'm still kind of trying to process it. It's it's just that. You know, because basically what we just read there and kind of our comments, I think, were pretty much in line with the the, the Reformed, you know, Martin Luther, these guys, Calvin, the Reformed yeah. theology, which is, uh, you know, anyone who's any Christian who's not a Catholic is probably some kind of, uh, you know, Reformed, uh, has some kind of Reformed influence or something. And um but there's just you know scholarly debates about exactly you know trying to trying to really really what's the debate understand exactly what's how how does it work how are we saved how are how um, how are we declared righteous like what's the uh, it's almost like they're trying to figure out what's the scientific process by which this happens you know what yeah. I mean like really trying to understand and, and it's it's a bit uh, it's a, it's quite complex like when you really dig into it so I haven't fully well, why uh, is it difficult all this even- Look Maybe it's that. just so simple. Maybe they're just making it complicated. I think it's know? just believe that's what they God. do. <laughs> why, well, why does it have to be yeah. difficult? The fact that well, anyone who's yeah. watching these videos, they're not going to be scholarly. Like they're not going to have debate. Like what should be righteousness where I'm saved? I think you're. If the Holy Spirit's already in you, you're saved, right? So the. And that's 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 what I learned this week too. Is like uh, we're talking because we were talking about baptism before in previous yeah. episodes, and um, if I can remember this, the uh, in like the Book of Acts, basically the New Testament has kind of um, it's repentant, it's um, faith, repentance, water baptism, and uh, the Holy Spirit. Those are like right. the four things that kind of make a Christian. But the the most important thing is the Holy Spirit. Right. Even more than water baptism. Although, although th- I, th- I think those things were the norm, like the normal, you know, the the normal thing that they taught and they did and they practiced was those four things: faith, repentance, uh, water baptism, and and the and the the coming well, of the, whole, the presence go, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they go hand in hand. It's not like yeah, not yeah. So that was the norm. There, are, there's some exceptions where people did not do the water ba- baptism, but that's the exception and not the rule. And, um, but, but, but the, the most important thing was the presence of the Holy Spirit. But I think the connection to having the Holy Spirit 
is tight to baptism. Um, yeah, yeah. They're all it's like a package deal. Yeah. 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 But and, and if you think about it, Abraham didn't ponder over this too much either. Did he? Like no. God's God made a promise. Abraham believed the promise. That's, that's like what did he exactly believe? He believed point. that promise. That's it. Yeah. Abraham didn't like have to study theology first. Right. To, <laughs> to, <laughs> the mean, faith of a child, right? It's the faith yeah. of a child. We're we're God's children. God sees us as children. All right. of us, even adults, right? And uh that's it, you know, and, and when sometimes people forget that and they start to act like gods, it's like, no, we're we're children of God. We're not we're not the gods, you know, we're children. And so we yeah. just we just believe, we just trust in God in obedience and like nobody likes the word obedience, right? But right. Uh, so maybe trust is a is a word people like a little bit better, you know, trust. Um but but even well, Paul in, in Romans, he says the obedience of faith. I think you can only have obedience once you realize the righteousness of the person making that promise. So like if you made a promise, yeah. you know, and I knew who you were, assume and I knew that you were not going to renege on that promise or do something, then I would trust you and follow through, right? Like if you said, yeah, uh, I'll be we're going to go to a fair on Tuesday or something. If you were not righteous, where I couldn't believe you, then I, you know, then I might need a PhD to figure out if you're going to be truthful or not. But if I knew that you were honest and you're going to always keep your promise uh, to the T, then that's it. All I have to say is, yeah, I believe you. Yeah. Well, human, yeah, human beings don't always keep their promises, right? right. And um, but God always does. That is that's yeah. the thing. Like God always keeps his promises. And yeah. uh, we have to, you know, that's it's sometimes we have to, you know, remind ourselves what those promises are. And, uh, and then that gives us hope and faith for the future. Cause even if the present kind of is not so good sometimes, or there's like, uh, you know, tribulation or bad things happening, um, that's a temporary, that's just, you know, the Satan will be, le will be released for a short time yeah. to, uh, deceive the world. And, um, so it's going to be a short period of tribulation followed by eternal um eternal life you know kind of a, a really good situation almost a utopian type of situation so are we in galatians 3 now yeah um law or faith now i think yeah i think we could just read this paragraph maybe uh <laughs> i love galatians man it, it's so clear galatians is so clear as to what paul believes right mm -hmm. law or faith oh foolish galatians <laughs> <laughs> Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before your eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. I want to learn only this from you. Did you receive the Spirit? Okay, there's the Spirit. Yeah. Through the works of the law or by hearing with faith, right? And we see the first you know, time the Holy Spirit comes down to people is in uh, Acts, the, yeah. in the Pentecost, right? Um are you in Acts talks about uh, all the Gentiles coming, the Holy Spirit coming to the Gentiles, which really kind of was like a new thing, you know, and that was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. And and really, they believe that the end times began back then. That's a whole nother topic, really. But the, the end times, the new, the new age, not the new age or new age, but the new age of salvation history begun, which is really the last age. And so the end times really began 2000 years ago. Um, different topic. <laughs> uh, are you, did I finish that sentence? 
or by hearing with faith. Hearing with faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Uh, so they began in the Spirit, these people, right? Yeah. They began as the Holy Spirit through faith, but now they're getting seduced into following the law by the Judaizers, which is still mm-hmm. happening today. Yeah. Right? Exactly. This is exactly what's happening today. <laughs> Galatians. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you're now being perfected in the flesh? Because they're trying, yeah. Are you endured? Have you endured so many things for nothing? If indeed it was for nothing, does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Even Abraham believed. Oh, there's Abraham again. Mm. Even Abraham believed God, and it was credited credited to him as righteousness. Therefore, know that those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham, not the Jews, right? Although they can be sons of Abraham if they have faith, right? And the scripture. Many descendants will fill the stars. I think this is what he's saying. The sons of Abraham? Yeah, the sons of Abraham is going to multiply so much because of the faith, who are our faith and our sons of Abraham. Yeah. So that would mean everybody. Faith. Yeah. yeah, through Jesus Christ. And and then later on, is it is it I forget where it is, uh, but where Paul says that Jesus is the chose is really the seed of Abraham. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Um the son and, and then through Jesus were all the sons of Abraham too, sons of God. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, so the prophets especially, right? Mm-hmm. They they spoke about that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. It's it's clear in prophecy now. We can see this, but they couldn't see it at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like before the event happened, it's, it's sometimes it was very unclear as what these prophets were really talking about because they used symbols and metaphors and stuff. But but Paul understood very clearly, and that that was the revelation given to Paul to be an apostle of the new covenant, where Paul is kind of like a prophet, and um, to me he's he's very authoritarian uh, he has he has the the authority to speak on the new covenant you know to explain the new covenant to us paul is is like an old testament prophet like that's kind of how i see him he uh, also is the one that spread the gospel most of that part of the world there like he's the number one yeah. that's well, well you know the prophets prophets had a divine revelation they they were chosen yeah god chose the prophets they had a um they had some kind of, uh, you know, spiritual encounter. They had some kind of encounter with God. God spoke to them in dreams and visions. And so Paul fits the uh, the template of what a prophet is because he had that d- d- divine revelation. And then he even went to like Mount Sinai. He went on some, he went to Arabia for a couple of years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, where was I at? Seven? Yeah. Eight, seven. Therefore, know that those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the justify, there's justify to make righteous, to be declared righteous, the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel in advance to Abraham. There's Abraham saying, In you shall all nations be blessed, not just the Jews, and they're mm-hmm. because they kept the law and sacrificed right. animals at the temple. So then those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Yeah. For all who we should keep going. 
For all who, who rely on the works of the law are under the curse because they broke the law, right? Because human beings cannot keep the law perfectly, so therefore they're under the curse. The law itself is not bad, but people were not able to follow it because the law was not written on their hearts and they lacked faith. Um, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now it is evident that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, for the just shall live by faith. Now again, he's quoting the, uh, the Old Testament there. But the law is not of faith, for the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law mm -hmm. by being made a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might, what's that word there? Come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, that we may we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit through faith, right? The Holy Spirit again. I attended um, a Messianic church for about one year. <clears throat> and I remember having this conversation towards the end. They, they moved to a different city. So I went to visit like one time because it's too far away. So the last conversation I had with one of the members there was about this paragraph where I told them exactly <laughs> what this paragraph said, that law uh the man who, uh, the, but the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by me, by uh, being made a curse for us, as it's written. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree so that blessings of Abraham might come into Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Um, so in the fact, I was all talking about this entire paragraph and they didn't believe me that that law was a curse and not a blessing. Well, I think I think they're talking about the the curse of the law is the judgment that comes when you break the law. Yeah. Like the law itself, yeah, the law brings a curse because we don't follow it. Cuz we right. you know, so so it results the result of living under the law was that they were all cursed cuz they all broke the law even though they didn't want to admit it, you know, yeah. but they they did. That's what he's saying is like, "Hey, you guys, you guys are under this law and you've all and that's why they had the, you know, they had the atoning sacrifice, the day of atonement every year. And they, you know, there, there was, it was kind of a typology, you know, the, the whole temple thing was a, like in Hebrews, it says it was a, a shadow or a typology, a type of uh, the heavenly temple here on earth. And um, now Jesus is our, our true ultimate uh, better high priest. Yeah. In the temple, the real temple in heaven, like the real temple, like like the whole Mosaic Covenant was a uh, kind of like a, a like a training ground or something. And it's not bad. The Mosaic Covenant is not a bad thing. It just resulted in people being cursed. It didn't save people. Well, um, they're they're under the they're, they're under the judgment of the law, and even Deuteronomy, even Moses predicted that you guys are going to break the law and you're going to be enslaved and. You're going to go into exile and all this stuff, you know. And they were still in exile when Jesus came. They were in spiritual. They were under the uh, authority of the Romans, you know. They were they were not free people. They were still well, in exile. The whole thing about the Mosaic laws they only multiply because Moses had to act as a judge initially to uh, rule over all the Israelites' disputes, and it got so numerous that he mm -hmm. started to have to appoint judges. So the whole idea of the law is, okay, God uh, originally gave one commandment to Adam and Eve, 
they broke it. And then ultimately <laughs> yeah. when the society grew, they said, all right, I'll give you 10 laws, 10 commandments. <laughs> you just follow those, you'll be okay. <laughs> but then as soon as you got down the mountain, you know, like Moses had to break the golden the calf. Yeah. yeah, they were they were worshiping a different god. The first commandment they broke. The first yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So then, because he had to, the the only reason why the Mosaic laws came into being, the six hundred plus, is because he had to deal with his people sinning constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- and those were kind of like um, civil. Those were like uh, applications of the law. The main laws were the main thing was the ten ten commandments. Yeah. I think. Because those are written on the stone and put in the ark and all that. But then the uh, those six hundred laws, you know, there's other things. Those were like application of those ten yeah uh, words, the the ten principles. But they got expanded and they kept getting expanded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even now, they, they you yeah. know the, the the Jews have all these like like you can look online and find like these Sabbath laws like. You cannot, uh, you know, you cannot do this. You can, you know, they don't do anything, you know, basically. Yeah, There's which all wasn't these laws. even in the Tenth Commandment. I mean. But yet they, they they lack the most important thing, which is, you know, love love God and love your neighbor, faith. you know, the faith. They, they're they keeping all these rules, you know. And, and there's a lot of debate, you know, even the, the, uh, the, 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 the Messianic Jew community. Like, like I kind of followed those guys for a while, and then, then I realized they didn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> like, they're keeping the Sabbath starting Friday night, and it's pretty yeah. clear to me that, that the Sabbath begins Saturday morning in the uh, Mosaic Covenant, at least. Well, you know, that revelation yeah. that you had, I mean, I kind of agree with you now, but that was something that I had to learn, too, just because you said it long ago. But even with the comments, I see some of the comments saying, "No, it's on the evening to morning." Just like no, no, no. I could, yeah. I could, I could prove that right now. I mean, but uh, we could do it. You know, it's it's in Exodus. Uh, I mean, it's I clear. It. It's clear. I don't. Do you want to do it now? Is, yeah. is it Exodus fifteen? I'm just. Uh, I don't know that I don't have the chapter necessarily memorized right now. I think I got. I can. I can find it. Uh, so anyway, well, if you go to Genesis one. Let's go there real quick just to see what a day is, which is uh, consistent throughout Scripture. And I did a study on this. I did made videos on this topic for some strange reason. Uh, what are we talking about? Sabbath. Um, so if you look in the day, there, there was, uh, okay, okay, okay. So verse 5, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. <laughs> just that one part right there. Just think about that. What is so when it's so when it's light outside, it's called the day, yom in he in Hebrew. Yeah. Right? And then when it's dark outside, that's night. And then for some reason, the Messianic Jewish community, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be critical here or anything like that. They, I think a lot of them have good intentions. They want to obey God. You know what I mean? But yeah. but what does it say right there? And verse five of the whole Bible, it says the day is in the daytime. <laughs> when it's light outside and the night it, the day does not begin at night it's impossible <laughs> how can the day begin at night when it says right there the light is called day is it dark it out a, yes oh it must be night because that's what it says right here <laughs> and how do you do sabbath when you don't have to work at night anyway and sleeping exactly yeah why would the sabbath begin at night when everyone in the world even the pagans are sleeping at night (laughs) are they observing the sabbath every night seven days a week what makes friday night special if all you're doing is sleeping just like you do every single night anyway and work is done in the daytime you know they didn't have electricity right 
And so, so it's like, okay, don't work when you normally would be working. And, and it talked a lot about how to treat, you know, what not to do on that day. I think there's, but but we got to go to Exodus. Yeah, no, no, that's the first, that's just foundational, right? That's the first one. Yeah. Which you know, and people can't see it. It's so obvious to me. Maybe you know, am I missing something here? I don't know. Uh, what are we doing? Sabbath. Okay, okay. I I got the verse here. Hold on. Let me just. Uh, all right, Sabbath. Uh, Exodus. Oh, here we go. Exodus sixteen twenty two, or Exodus. Yeah, it probably. No, 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 no. Go to go to the whole chapter. Read the full chapter. Yeah, for me, that's always the best way to do it. Um, go to like fifteen or something. Uh, Okay, okay, let's see here. Uh, uh, 16, this is what the Lord has commanded. Every man, so they're talking about the um, the, the, the mana, right? The mana. Yeah. Every man is to gather it according to what he will eat. An omer for every man, every man, the children. Okay, they gather some more. Um, okay, 19, let no man leave any of it till morning. Hold on. What are we talking about here? Tomorrow. Okay. Verse 23. Verse 23. 1623. Oh, the, they weren't 20, let's go to, uh, let's go to 22. 22. Now on the sixth day. So that would be like Friday, right? For us. Yeah. Now on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers per man. And then all the leaders of the congregation came to came and told Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is the Sabbath. So on the sixth day, he's saying tomorrow is the Sabbath. Doesn't that mean the seventh day is the Sabbath? Yeah. And if a day is in the daytime, that means tomorrow daytime, tomorrow morning. It begins tomorrow morning when the sun comes up. Oh, tomorrow is this. Like on Friday, if I say yeah. tomorrow is this. In fact, today is Friday for me. So <laughs> tomorrow is the Sabbath. Well, that must mean Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> And the word tomorrow, it's always consistent. People always, oh, no, tomorrow means tonight. No, it doesn't mean tonight. No, it's, please, keep it simple. And it, you can study this out in the Bible and, and, and show it. Tomorrow never means later that day or tonight yeah. when the sun goes down. The day doesn't begin at night. That's a moon god thing. That's a, that's an ancient Near Eastern. For some people, the, moon, the, the day began at night. Yeah. For the people who worship the moon, <laughs> like the Babylonians. Like like yeah, Babylonian so Judaism. I bet you that that Babylonian was an influence if they did it by evening time. Yeah. Oh, the the Judaism is Babylonian mysticism. Yeah. That's what it is. Modern day, you know, from from after the temple was destroyed, it just became uh, Babylonian. It uh, yeah. We can't talk. I about always that. thought it was cheating God anyway. If you have to keep no work while you're almost ready to go to bed. And then another issue is, uh, can we cook on the Sabbath or not? Well, it says right here at the uh, verse 23. <clears throat> so tomorrow is the Sabbath, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today. Okay, so so they gather all this food on, on the sixth day, right? Yeah. They have a bunch of food. They have a bunch of you know stuff, a bunch of mana, whatever it is. They, they, they gather it all here. So they got a bunch of food. Bake that which you will bake today. So so cook some of it today is what they're saying. Cook some of it today on the sixth day on Friday. Boil that which you will boil. Cook some of it today, and that which remains, that which you didn't cook today, cook it tomorrow. <laughs> That's what they're saying because all these people, oh, you can't cook on the Sabbath. <laughs> well, yeah, you can. It says it says cook cook some of it today, and then cook the rest of it tomorrow. 
<laughs> and then and then so verse 20 that so they laid it up until the morning so so like if you cooked it all today it wouldn't rot overnight yeah but if it was raw then it would and it did it, there's other you know before this they talk about how the people or maybe it's right after this they did they, they, they didn't keep this instruction and so it rotted right they didn't eat it yeah. all so they laid it up and, and it did not stink because if it was raw it would stink normally but God made it so it didn't stink because it was uncooked still. So they cooked it on Saturday. Mm. Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, and the seventh day there will be none. So, so it's it's a little bit unclear. I, I understand why there's debate about this, but that's how I see it, is that uh, cook some of it today, and the rest of it is still raw, but it's not going to rot. Don't worry about it, because God is doing this, right? And then Saturday, cook the rest and eat it on Saturday. Mm. They don't have to cook it all on Friday. So, so the people who claim to be still keeping these uh, Mosaic commandments are not even doing it properly. <laughs> well, now that you fixed that debate. Because so. a million guys on YouTube are talking about other stuff, right? That's, that's why it is, man. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's like everyone, and they all just keep following each other, and they're all in this little exclusive community, and they're all better than the rest of us. Well, they also don't eat pork, man. They don't eat pork. Them. They're saved, and they're better than us because they don't eat pork. <laughs> but they're also, you know, like there's some famous. Whoa, I just lost all my friends. <laughs> no, I, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of people who, uh, a lot of people who like send me emails and stuff. They they follow this stuff. They're messianic. I don't know what you go now in your messianic Jewish church you went to. Was that was that full of Jews or what was it? No, who it goes was to that anybody. It was everyone. Um, what they what was it about? Was it was uh, supposed to be like Saturday was the Sabbath mm. instead of like the Sunday church? That was a Saturday church. So initially, okay, I wanted okay. to go yeah. to a Saturday church, um, yeah, but over time yeah. I realized the stuff that I took for granted, that what I thought I knew, they had their own Bible, which I didn't realize it was changing things. So what uh, what Bible was it? What was it called? What do you, what do you mean know. they had their own Bible? I, I just thought it was all the same Bible, but when I did it have the Hebrew uh, words in it sometimes? No, it was English. Like oh. they would cite like something in Romans, let's say. So if you didn't know the Bible yourself, you would just take whatever they said. But then something was off. I'm like, wait, this is not what it said. So I started to recognize that they were going by a different text. So that's the problem and, with a lot yeah. of these churches. You cannot go in there as unlearned person. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, they're saying, hey, Christianity has had it wrong for the last 2,000 years, and we have yeah. discovered the truth. We have the truth. They don't. They're all right. going to hell. <laughs> you know, and uh, they, they, I think if you really take their claims seriously, you would have to throw out the entire New Testament, essentially. Because I think what they're doing, I don't know what they said or what your experience was, but they seem to be in the Old Covenant. They seem to oh, be following were. the Mosaic Covenant, right? Yeah, and that was the other naive thing that I didn't know. They would uh, take the Torah, like some life-size statue of Torah or whatever it was, and they would go around the whole church in circles where everybody would touch it, and then like I don't know, like what a they scroll. Called. Yeah, it was torn <laughs> scroll, and they were like treating it as an idol. So. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like okay, like in my opinion, the, the old the old covenant, and and Paul says this too. The old covenant is not a bad thing, but it's we're in a new age now. We're in the age of the old. We're in the age of the new covenant now. 
Yeah, but it's I don't different. There's a difference. There, it was ever there's a similarities. Difference. Yeah, there's some similarities. It's very similar, but it's different. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and I think they're just, a lot of them have good intentions. They just want to obey God and, and do all that stuff. So they, they have good intentions. Um, some did. of them may not. Some of them may understand that what they're doing is, uh, and, it, you know, some of it may be borderline heretical. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. Because we're we're clearly like look at what Paul says, you know. It's like Paul Paul did not keep the food laws because the food laws were to separate Jew from Gentile, so that and it was to protect the Israelites from being contaminated by the pagan gods, essentially, and their abominations, right? These guys were all under the authority of the fallen angels, right? So the the food laws kept them separate. They didn't eat with them. They didn't make. They didn't have anything to do with them. You know what I mean? To keep the, to keep them separate, and, yeah, um, but and I don't... now now the food the food laws are not in the Ten Commandments, and the and the Book of Mark and Jesus says clearly the the uh, food laws are no longer valid. Uh, They're not valid as a you know like if you're going to eat not eat shrimp or not eat pork and all those things, but they still have wisdom. Like I wouldn't do it. Yeah, as yeah. A, all all scripture is, has wisdom. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to eat pork or anything like that, but it just means the, the food, the, um, you know, there's no distinction between Jew and Gentile anymore. Right. It's all in the faith, in the faith, which, uh, you know, Paul says many times. And, um, you know, so Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets and the prophets. Like we just read a prophet, right? Isaiah, mm -hmm. Jesus fulfilled the prophet, which is the entire Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled everything. The Old Testament was about Jesus would be the, the Messiah who would uh, create yeah. the, the kingdom of God on earth. You know what I mean? And it's begun. It hasn't been fully created yet. It will, that will, that's what we still hope for in the, in the future. So um, did you add another verse on the righteousness? Oh, well, let me see uh, my notes here. So that's, that's the main ones from Paul. Galatians 3, we did, we did that. Romans we did. Romans. We don't have to do Romans three. Talks about it. We did Romans four. Oh, James. Uh, James comes up in this topic. Okay, let's go to the book of James now. James two, and we're going to start down at twenty one. So again, now the book getting into the Messianic Jewish uh, or the Torah concept again, just to fully rant about that. Um, mm -hmm. They will often use the book of James because he talk, he uses the word commandment, and they'll say that, um, and they believe that James is talking about the old covenant when he says the word commandment. But he's talking about the commandments of Jesus, right? Not not necessarily in the part we're going to look at right now, but that's kind of a side note, you know. So it's just so so even the arguments they will use to say, oh yeah, and the new the New Testament talks about says that we have to keep the commandments, therefore we have to obey all the food laws and stuff. Well, when James uses the word, the, the whole point of the book, of, see, so when you read the New Testament especially, the, the whole point of the book of James is that people should obey Jesus. That's his whole point. And especially they love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of the whole letter, this whole sermon, whatever it is. It, he's saying, obey Jesus, obey the right. commandments of Jesus. So that's that's what the whole point. So we have to keep what we're going to read now in that context. And he's using he's saying these things to back up his main argument. And uh, let's see here. Well, well, let's see. Let me just look through this. Um, yeah, it's um, actually we it's should James two twenty one. Well, no, two twenty 
217. Let's start at 17. Four, let's go to 14. What does it profit? I can read it. <clears throat> what does it profit, my brothers, if a man says he has faith but has no works? So this is like a this this now is focused on works. So people say, oh, see, Paul mm -hmm. James is contradicting Paul here. You're right. They're really not, they're complementary. Yeah. Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and lacking daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and be and filled, and yet you give them nothing that the body needs, what does it profit? So that's that's one of his main points right here. That's an argument. What he's saying is you got to love your neighbor, right? Take right. care of people in need. That's really what the whole letter's about. Yeah. So he's talking about, in that sense, he's talking about you guys should help people. If you have faith, why aren't you not helping these people in need? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's the whole context of what he's talking about. He's not making this grand theological statement that works save us. You know what I mean? He's saying, this guy's but, starving to death and you guys aren't even helping him. Come on. Right, what did which you is tell love, you to do? Right? It's not love. Okay, yeah. What, is like, oh, I got to do this. Why but, aren't you? Why don't you help these yeah. people in need? You have faith, but you're not doing anything about it. What good is that? That's what that's his whole point. So faith by itself, it if it has no works, is dead. See, people right. will just read these verses without understanding the whole letter. And that's so important in the New Testament. And a lot of these letters are not that long. So we really have, even Romans, are, that's a long one, but this one is not that long. We have to fully understand what's the main point of this whole letter. What's And then these little verses here are arguments that back up his main point. The supporting statements is what it is. So faith by itself if it has no works, it's dead. See, he's he's reprimanding these people. Yeah, you guys have faith, and you're justified by faith alone. But what good is it if you're not helping these people who are hungry? That's mm -hmm. his whole. Then, the, then the, the the Torah keeping guys will come along and say, "Oh, see, we have to keep the law." <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, That's not what James is talking about at all. Right. James was Jesus' brother, by the way. His brother. <laughs> they have the same, you know, same mother. Mother, and mother. Yeah. And and uh, and Jude was as well. The book of Jude. The little letter of Jude is uh, he was also a brother of Jesus, who they did not believe Jesus was the Messiah when Jesus was walking the earth. They only believed afterwards, and they did believe afterwards, right? They believed afterwards, so that shows you like that's a powerful witness right there, right? That Jesus really did resurrect from the dead because his, his own brothers didn't believe him in his lifetime on earth. Yeah. Uh, but what? a man may say, "You have faith, and I have works." Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. The demons also believe and tremble. Oh, there it is right there. <laughs> but see, that's also kind of making a statement that, you know, if you are not in love and spirit of God to do whatever you're taught to do, then you're much like you just have that knowledge, but nothing of your spirit. So like if the demons also know and they they believe and tremble, but they're not actually doing good works, right? They're not doing, yeah. you know, if they believe in doing bad works, what does that mean, though, compared to the person who's deemed righteous, has faith, and does good works? That's kind of a contrast there in that sentence. But anyway, I think it's the spirit that the whole chapter is really talking about, that if you have the spirit of yeah. faith in God, you will naturally do the right thing. Yeah, he talks about Abraham now. So, but do you want to be shown, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? 
was not Abraham our father? Okay, so now we're back to Abraham. So Paul talked about Abraham to make his point, and he was yeah. talking about there's no more distinction between Jew and Gentile. We're all sinners in the eyes of God. We've all broken the law. We all deserve judgment and uh, you know death and uh, condemnation, but we're saved by through faith in Jesus Christ. So now James is making a different point and using similar uh, ideas to make his argument, but he he's coming at it at a because his James's whole point is that there's not enough uh, people are not helping others. So so he's trying to emphasize works, whereas Paul's trying to emphasize faith. Right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean they're contradicting. James is not anti-Paul. They're, he's not even talking about Paul at all. So was not Abraham our father justified by works? when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. So now, see, now people's heads explode, right? It's like, wait a minute. Paul just said we're justified by faith. Martin Luther said we're justified justified by faith alone. And now it comes along James and says, we're not Abraham our father, justified by works. <laughs> but it is, see, that, that's the whole point. Like, you can't have faith without actually carrying through or following through what God does tell you because God told Abraham to go potentially sacrifice his son, right? That's an act. So yeah, he believed God, he trusted God, but at the yeah. same time, if he didn't carry out his son into top of the mountains and, you know, ready to kill him, then I think yeah. that's the point that like the, it's the faith plus the actions that we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the son Isaac was represented the promise as yeah. well, right? Cause that's his son the promises will come through so um did you see how faith so he did you see how faith worked with his works yeah right or uh, esv says faith was active along with his works um did you see how faith worked with his works and by works by works faith was made perfect so yeah so so works are a logical uh result of having faith yeah. Right? If you if you have faith, you trust and obey God. Obviously, right? right? It's kind yeah. of a package deal. You can't have faith and then just ignore what God. Like, oh God, thank you. I believe your promises, <laughs> but I'm not going to do anything you tell me to do. I'm not going to build that ark. Yeah. Even though I I believe. Yeah, that's a good truth. example. You know, that's a great example. No, that's... I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to build yeah. that ark. Well, then and you don't have faith, I guess. Six hundred <laughs> years, a lot of years, when he built that boat. Hundreds of years, uh, right? Well, hundred, so yeah, had, a while. Yeah. Well, he had to be faithful yeah. for a very long time. You yeah, know? okay. Yeah. Do, do you see how faith worked with it? Oh, wait, okay. The scripture was fulfilled, which says, or, oh, hold on, what happened? The scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So he's quoting the same exact thing, right? Same verse, 15.6, Genesis. Yeah. So, right. So he's quoting the same exact verse that that Paul quoted, and be called, and and he called the friend of, and he was called the friend of God. So he was called the friend of. That's kind of an interesting way. So yeah. righteous. If you're declared to be righteousness, uh, if you're declared to be righteous, you're well, the friend of God. That, Isn't that interesting? You, you're the you friend of God. Your friends, you know. <laughs> How by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Oh, oh, Martin Luther. See, Martin Luther hated this book, actually. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther did not like the book of James. <laughs> he really didn't. He, like, he, he didn't like the book of James. Because his whole thing was, 
we're justified by faith only. Well, maybe <laughs> and here it says you're not justified by faith. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I think, I don't think this point, is hard yeah, a concept, though. I don't know why. Not really. Not really. Yeah. yeah. And then it said, likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead, right? Famous quote right there. We all know that one. Mm-hmm. Faith without works is dead. So that that is the main point. The final sentence there, it's like, yeah, faith, you're still justified by faith, but faith without works is dead. It means that you didn't really have faith, right? Mm-hmm. It means you didn't have faith. If, if Abraham did not obey God and that means he didn't have faith, but he did obey God. That means he did have faith. So there's a, there's a direct connection between faith and works. So what he's saying is like, yeah, we're justified by faith alone, but if you really have faith, you will also have works. And if you don't have the works, then that means you don't have the faith. So yeah, it's a pack. He's saying it's a package deal. He's saying faith faith will result in works. And if you don't have these works, that means you don't have faith. Which is true in everything believers do. It's not like we're just told to sit still and do nothing. You know, it's the faith. Yes, you you know, like we have an understanding about God and we believe, but it's also carried out in your daily life, whether you know it or not. It's carried out every time you go anywhere, your work reflects it. Like that's the part of this whole transformation is that, you know, in thinking of God, you're also acting out what you know, in faith that that's what you're supposed to do or not do, like every choice that you ever make. So should we go back to? Oh, we still have to finish. (laughs) Yeah. We're at verse six. The whole show is about verse six. Yeah. Um, Uh, All right. Around verse seven. Uh, Do you want to read? Yeah. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you the land to possess it. But Abraham said, Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, three-year-old female goat, three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And then Abraham brought all of these to him and cut them in two and laid each piece on the opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down to on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. So what is going on here about this cutting them in half, but not the birds? So he's making a covenant, and this was like a kind of a ritual in the ancient Near East or a common practice, and we do see this in different parts of the Bible as well. So it's really uh, to cut a covenant. That's why they call it cutting a covenant, because they cut these animals in half, and then you walk through it. And they uh, other nations did this as well. And when you you cut the there's so that you cut an animal in half on each side and then you walk through it to um kind of show that this is a promise that you must keep it's a, it's like these days we sign you you sign mm-hmm. a piece of paper that makes it official right now you have to you have to follow what's written on this paper cuz you signed it it's kind of like that it's kind of like a signature and there yeah. it's an official they're making an official covenant by doing this ritual and 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 if you see what it, sh- it shows that if you do not keep your side of the covenant, you will end up like these animals, mm. cut in two. That's kind of what's going on here. That's what uh, people think. So why even means. ask for all these animals to be sacrificed? Because I don't think up until this point we've seen that before. 
where now he's specifically asking them. This is the first time. So if they follow through any of these customs later on, it's really coming from here. It's the three-year-old heifer, the goat, the ram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of these same animals were used in the uh, mosaic yeah. uh, sacrifices as well. I so think these, well, there's a reason, there's a reason, um, like in the birds were not cut in half because they're too yeah. small. They're too small. Probably. That's probably part of it. Um, but if you go to Jeremiah 34, verse 18, it explains, um, Jeremiah 34, another Old Testament prophet, 34 and verse 18. So this kind of explains it actually, um, Okay, so at verse 18, it says, I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not performed the words of the covenant which they have made before me, when they cut the calf in two and pass between the parts. So that's basically saying right there, I will make the, or in ESV is a little more clear, I will make them like the calf that they cut in two. Those, if you do not keep my covenant, I will destroy you basically yeah you're saying. so that's why people think well this is probably what it the, the purpose of this uh cutting the animals in two is kind of a that's know, a ritualistic thing. way to keep the covenant well they're initiating the covenant see, yeah. see up to this point god made promises now it's it's a signature that's i think that's the best analogy yeah. i just thought of it now but um, they're they're well, I, officially officially in, entering into a covenant that, and if they don't keep the promises, there will be punishment. And mm -hmm. really, but in this case, only God goes through the middle. Oh yeah. Abraham does not go through, so that means it means only God is signing this. Really, huh? Uh, no, they're li I, they're liable to they have to keep the covenant. Yeah. When I was doing but, the but, artwork, I was trying but, to understand this last uh, paragraph where it's talking about going through. Um, so I, I didn't really understand it until now as we're talking about it. Yeah, they're 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 officially they got the document, they got the legal documents now and they're signing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like going, you know, when you get married, you go to the courthouse and sign these things and all that stuff. It's they're they're getting married basically. <laughs> that, that's one you know, it's an I mean yeah, some people do see the covenant as like a marriage. They're entering into an official relate a partnership, an official relationship. Through Abraham is joining the kingdom of God. But it's kind of gruesome, though. But his faith came first, right? Yeah. The faith. Okay. So. Uh, okay. So then. It is I, gruesome. Well, yeah, there, it is very gruesome, sir. Sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so verse 12, as the sun was going down on a deep sleep on Abraham and terror and the great darkness fell on him. And then he said to Abraham, know for certain that your descendants will live as strangers in the land that is not theirs, and they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. So this is talking about the uh, enslavement in Egypt for 400 years. Yeah. And, but I will judge the nation as they serve, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. And as far as you, you will go to your fathers in peace, and you will be buried at a good old age. And in the fourth generation, your descendants will return here for the inequity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So Ooh. the fourth generation must mean, um, is that 40 years or 400 years? Four, 400 years? Because um, this is tying directly to what happened in Exodus. Have the Israelites come out of Egypt? Say that for certain yeah, I don't know what that fourth generation means. Um, that's interesting. Um, because you know, hmm. there's always a debate like how many years are in a generation. Some say it's 
70, some 80, some 100. Uh, but here, it says they were mistreated for 400 years. So we know from Exodus, they were enslaved for 400 years. Yeah, it could be um, talking about, that could be talking about the 400 years. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, uh, it's a bit ambiguous. And uh, but they also roamed in the desert for 40 years. So yeah, well, it doesn't have to be precise. A lot of the numbers you find in the Bible, they're not always, sometimes they're kind of more uh, symbolic with meaning Yeah. Um, than they are precise exact number of years. You know what I mean? Um, but it kind of is um, implying at least a hundred years for generation here. Well, it depends. Well, like, where does it start? Is it starting from right now, this time period, or is it talking about after the uh, after the four hundred years? Um, it's hard. Like, what's the starting point of this four yeah. generations? You know what I mean. That's why it was confusing because that fourth also kind of um, when they were in the desert for forty years. You know, so that only maybe implies a generation of ten years if they're doing it that way, or it could be the four hundred years that they were captive. Okay, so um, this was that description that we just talked about. And you know, I was having a little bit of trouble trying to figure out what it meant here. When the sun went down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot with the flaming torch passed through these pieces. And on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To the descendants, I have given this land and the river of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the land of Canaanites, Kesulites, the Kedomites, I'm going to butcher these, Kedomites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Ruf, okay, Rephites, and Amorites. Do you want to read those? And Canaanites. And the Rephites, those are the Rephaim, yeah. descendants of the Nephilim. <laughs> yeah, so that. basically, uh, all right, so you finished the chapter? Yep. Yeah, a lot of these. So these are the uh, the Amorites, or the, it says, um, okay, so back up to verse 16, it says, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So that means they're they're not the, the that means, see, these these uh, all those nations at the end of the chapter, they are going to be judged. And part of the, you know, it's kind of like a genocidal warfare yeah. against those people as the Israelites entered into the land. But really, these 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 nations would attack the Israelites first. Actually, most of the time, yeah. Um, so the Israelites were defending themselves, really, even though they're kind of invading that land. Um, but they okay now Deuteronomy nine verse five. <laughs> Another curveball. Another no a cross reference. <laughs> so Deuteronomy nine verse five. So this is where. Uh, Moses has given them kind of a pep talk here. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess their land. Now, here's the word righteousness again, right? We've seen that many times today. Mm -hmm. But, so you're going to go in, in, and the promise given to Abraham was the land, right? People and land, which is like a kingdom. Um, but, so why why are you guys going to go invade this land and take it over? Why? Because of the wickedness of these nations the lord is your god is driving them out before you so the, these people in the in the canaan the canaanites they were evil they were wicked people they were unrighteous right is so god is really saying here and and this is afterwards this is um deuteronomy right this is after the israelites kind of 
showed that they were not really keeping the covenant. You know what I mean? They weren't all that obedient or anything like that. So God said God was not impressed with them at all. I think he's a little disappointed in them. <laughs> he saved them. So he said this is after saving them from Egypt and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys just don't get it. And uh, so it's not because you guys are so righteous. You guys didn't earn this at all. Again, it's it's, it's right. You got your works are not very impressive. <laughs> I'm not giving you this land because you guys are so great. It's because the people in the land are so evil. That's why we're doing. It. So it's like judgment, you know. And it's like a flood, right? The, the The nations were judged with a flood. Now they're kind of judged with the Israelites. The Israelites are God's army. And I think Christians are we're kind of um, in the army of God as well, really. Yep. But but Just we fight in spiritual warfare. Oh yeah. yeah, I think I yeah. the way I see all of humanity is in two camps: army of Satan or army of God. That's it. And we're just fighting each other. It is, yeah. Now let's 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 read the end of that verse five. Verse five here. It is not so. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart. There's the heart again that you enter to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out before you. And now we live in the wickedness. The, the nations are wicked now too, right? And mm -hmm. that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham. There's Abraham again, see? Isaac mm -hmm. and Jacob, right? The promises. So God will fulfill his promises. So God, See, God has to save us because he promised he would. Yeah. Even though we don't even though we we rebel. Yeah, he actually made this him. promise right here in this chapter. And, and and if he doesn't fulfill his promises, then he's then he would be a liar and he can't do that. Yeah. Right? So so God has to fulfill his promises. And that's what we see all throughout the old covenant or the old testament. We see Israelites don't really deserve anything. They deserve death. And well, and the nations right. do as well. He's and the nations were killed off, basically, in, in that land. Most of them, yeah. I mean, these guys are. These are a lot of those are Nephilim descendants of the Nephilim kind of tribes, and but they're also their actions were evil as well. They were they were sacrificing children. They were they were uh, cross dressing. They were doing all kinds of abominations. Same thing that we're doing now. Legally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the judgment. There's the final the. Yeah, so it was, uh, and then the Holy Land now will be the the new earth. Yeah, I mean. A righteous judgment is coming. Uh, so we covered a lot today. We're, yeah, I oh, I got, um, I remember, I got one more verse on the uh, Sabbath. There's one more proof text of the Sabbath. All right. So we're going to circle back to that. So Numbers 15.32, to show that the Sabbath is on Saturday, not Friday again. It's just a little pet peeve of mine. <laughs> and I know people will still, you see, the thing is, you can't convince anybody of anything, you know? So they, nobody, like, for some reason, nobody will change their mind after listening to this. <laughs> well, I think people have to know what God says and then just apply a little bit of common sense. I think a lot of people common sense. Oh, that. no, that doesn't exist. That's illegal, by the way. Yeah. That's illegal. Numbers 15, verse 32. This is the famous, uh, yeah. When the while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man who gathered sticks on the Sabbath day. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. The ones who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the assembly. They put him in confinement. Oh, now, does this? Oh. Um, What's that? Okay. I thought this. Uh, I thought this talked about the uh, 
Maybe it doesn't. I thought that, no, it doesn't really tell you what day it was, does it? But let's read it anyway, because they put him in jail. No, they killed him. They, um, they put him in confinement because it was not declared what should be done to him. They didn't know what to do with him. Uh -huh. The Lord said to Moses, the man will surely die. <laughs> wow. Why did God kill him? Oh, God oh, killed goodness. so many Israelites. Thousands yeah. and thousands of Israelites were killed by God. So this is because he was actually picking up sticks. On, he was working on the Sabbath day. The man will surely die. All the assembly will stone him with stones outside the camp. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty harsh. So what are the so are the Messianic Jews still doing this today? Do they go stoning people to death? No. Why not? Then they're not keeping the Torah. <laughs> All the assembly brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. <laughs> oh no, that's weird. That's hard. But see, he was they were you know he's God's making a point. Right, God's yeah. making a point. He's trying to teach them obedience, and uh, well, it, all uh, in the Old Testament, the judgment was always immediate and strict. It was, yeah, yeah, and 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 it would have spread, you know. The and then, but it did spread anyway. You know, he was trying to yeah. protect them from he, the Sabbath day was there another protection against the uh, the pagan nations. You know, another thing to set them apart. It's like this: we are different than these other evil nations. We just saw these evil wicked nations around them so god's trying to create a kingdom on of god on a righteous kingdom on earth and well, the earth is full of evil people was happening right now as strict as this for all the wicked stuff you know well i think you know satan imitates god right so satan yeah. is kind of doing this kind of stuff like if you don't get the mark of the beast yeah, it's just going to be like this if you, if you don't follow these rules you're going to be killed now right. satan is doing the same things that god has done satan imitates god um, and the see, oh, I was going to mention too. We we circumcision was the sign back to Genesis fifteen. So I guess that that didn't. I thought that showed something about the day, but I guess not. Um, uh, circumcision. Where was that? Uh, when it, was that a different? Uh, we haven't gotten to circumcision. We saw. I think maybe it was one one of those new New Testament passages. But he talked about. I think it was James. He talked about how circumcision was a sign in a seal of the uh, the covenant. Galatians talked about circumcision. Romans 4, verse 11, he received the sign of circumcision. Circumcision is a sign and a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith, right? While he was still uncircumcised. But I was just, my point was, I was, I was it made me think of the mark of the beast as a sign oh, yeah. of a covenant with Satan, right? Nope. That's exactly so what it is. That's it's why, you know, it's not so much like what it is exactly. Is it a barcode? Is it the uh, injection? Is it the certificate? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, well, either way, it's it's those who enter into a covenant, those who trust and obey Satan. It's like but a it's like a seal. They're sealed. They're sealed. They're confirmed. They're they sign the con they sign on the dotted line. They yeah, made a deal willingly. with the devil. Like two people can't enter into a contract if one of them doesn't know what the heck is going on. So they both have to have knowledge, agree to the same terms in order to have a contract. So similarly, like even with Abraham and God, they're both on the same page. Abraham is executing the terms of the agreement. And then God kind of goes through the, the carcasses, so to speak, to seal it, to sign it, right? So I yeah. think by the time the mark of the beast comes around, people will be willingly and knowingly will enter into that agreement to take the mark versus. Well, they're going to be, I think they're going to be deceived though. At the same time, they will well, be yeah, deceived. There's going to be the great deception that he's all. No, there already has been. Yeah. 
But <laughs> I think the deception will be like they will think he is God. They will enter into the covenant with It'll Satan. be someone acting like God. Yeah. yeah. But we can right. talk about that another time. I think I have to go. There's somebody at the door. Okay. And, uh, All right. We'll stop here. Pass. Thank you yeah. so much. Until next time. All right. Thanks a lot. That Bye. Was great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.